I asked at the end of each interviews, would you have an idea of movement to describe your city? It was so interesting. The entrepreneur said he was having his wife close to him. He opened his arm and then he embraced her with his arms. So for him, embracing is the welcoming spirit of Houston. For this special issue, Coast to Coast takes a step aside and meets a generation of artists and choreographers driven by the desire to create a more inclusive and diverse dance scene. Here they look back on their journeys, their research and their ideas. Their visits were supported by Villa Albertine, which has connected French talents and the American cultural scene since 2021. I'm Rosalind Sulkis, and you are listening to a special Coast to Coast episode dedicated to Albertine dance season, a podcast series produced by Villa Albertine and Paradiso Media. Our guest today is the dancer and choreographer Emmanuel Huyn. Emmanuel Huyn is a dancer, choreographer and teacher who explores physical memory, intimate stories and who works in many different kinds of spaces. A recent project under the auspices of Villa Albertine saw her visit Houston alongside the filmmaker Jocelyn Cotensin. There they met local Houstonians and asked them to tell their story of the city. The resulting work Lands will have its premiere in Houston in early November. Emmanuel, thank you for joining us and it's lovely to talk to you about this fascinating project. But in fact, Lands is part of a series of portraits of cities you've been occupied with for some time uh, in collaboration with Jocelyn Cotensin. You created a New York City portrait in 2016, one of Saint-Nazaire in Brittany where you are based in 2019, and you have an upcoming work about Sao Paulo in Brazil after Lands premieres. So I'm curious to know before we talk about Lands more specifically, how the idea of a city portrait came about for you. Was it New York itself or was it a more general concept of doing portraits of cities? So I was not thinking about a series before it happens. So Often, serendipity of research makes a series afterwards, but it didn't start as a series. The series of portraits started by um, the design of Sophie Claudel, who was at that time in 2011-12, the head of the uh, Service Culturel de l'Ambassade de France in New York. She was thinking that artists not especially dance artists, but uh, artists in general, were not anymore working with the city of New York. She gave the opportunity to few of us to come to do one or two journeys to try to find ways to work with the city, with the idea of the city, with the city itself and with the inhabitants if possible. And in this way, she also wanted her own team in the service cultural to maybe work differently, to be resources for us. And it was after a series of, uh, of years, let's say 10 years of touring in New York, mainly in dance theater workshop and St. Mark Church. So you had a, a real relationship with New York already. Yes, this relationship with New York is coming by the fact that I started a, a specific relationship with the American choreographer called Trisha Brown. I was at that time only, let's say, just a dancer. And the fact that I discovered her work really changed my way of thinking what dance was. And I was very 
curious about her process. You published a book, didn't you, based on the series of interviews that you did? Exactly. I published a book uh, made of the, the series of uh, the interviews that I did during 12, 15 years as I was a dancer performing in the theater where she was herself performing in 92. I was in a residency with a, a choreographer I was working for, Hervé Robe, and then I dared <laughs> interview her one hour in the, in the seats of the theater. And the fact that she was okay to on made, and that I was also asking questions that she was not used to have, we went on. So New York started by this admiration and curiosity to this very important choreographer. So you have a strong relationship in that sense with the US, with American dance. But your next city project was actually where you're based in Saint-Nazaire. Um, tell me... How did that come about? Saint-Nazaire came by the fact that I just did New York two years before, and then I was quitting the National Collaborative Center of Angers, and I was thinking in which city should I go, and I was interested in Saint-Nazaire because, let's say, it was not a popular, sexy city. People were thinking it was an ugly one, and sad because it has been destroyed during the Second World War. And because especially it has been destroyed and renewed in an architecture of reconstruction, and also because there are the chantier naval, boat yards, I was interested in this uh, fact of seeing the works in a XXL scale. When I was observing the fact that deep uh, machines were carrying very heavy things, and transporting them, and then very precociously put them back on the floor. All these choreographies of strong weights, of strong uh, block of constructions, I was really having the impression that the whole city was a choreography in Saint-Nazaire. So as I was looking for an interesting city for my company to be based in, I thought, okay, after having done New York, which has been really a strong moment of uh, research connected to the fact that I was admiring both the choreographers and the city, which was the stage, I was thinking, okay, in my own way, where could I find a place where I could make experiences at the scale of a city, at the scales of buildings, at the scale of nature, at the scale of landscape, and I thought, okay, everyone hates Saint-Nazaire, but I'm going to go to Saint-Nazaire. <laughs> and, and then I decided to go there. And instead of just making my dance pieces in the city, I said also, okay, I want to arrive, but I want to understand why I am attracted by this city beside the things that I just told you. I want to know more the city, so I want to make the portrait of the city of Saint-Nazaire and the relationship that the citizens have to the architecture and their city. So that's the way it started. And then you chose Houston for this Villa Albertine residency. You clearly have a contrarian spirit because Houston, if Houstonites will forgive me, is also not the sexiest of uh, American cities. Exactly. And it's not me who chose Houston, it's Houston who chose me. Diverse Words, which is the, the art center, asked us to make a portrait of Houston. 
So we met Ashley de Hoyos, the curator. It was in 2018. We were in the middle of working in Saint-Nazaire and we described to her what is Saint-Nazaire, why people don't like Saint-Nazaire, why, why Saint-Nazaire, multicultural languages because of the fact that it was a, a city that transformed itself through the boatyard things. Yes. And the fact also that the, that the boats which are built in Saint-Nazaire were making pollution and how you can you consider that your city is surviving and at the same time is destroying the nature. So when we were describing all the contradictions and the paradox of Saint-Nazaire, she said, in another scale, Houston looks like Saint-Nazaire in what I understand that you explained. So I would like to invite you to make a portrait of the city of uh, Houston. So Houston came because of Saint-Nazaire. How fascinating. So before we get on to talking about how you, in fact, approach the creation of lands of the Houston project, I'm curious about your collaboration with Jocelyn. Did that begin with the New York City portrait and how did it begin? Did you know one another? Were you paired artistically? How, how did it happen? We had a relationship before Saint-Nazaire. We were, we were having a classical, I mean, normal relationship between visual artist and a choreographer. I was sometimes asking him to make spaces for my pieces and sets. And it was always very strong to work with him. He really paid attention to what I was seeing, what were my problems in terms of choreography regarding to the space that he gave to me. And I started by myself, it was in 2014, I started by myself all the interviews that started New York. First, I was thinking that I would interview only choreographers and dancers, thinking to ask them how the architecture of the city made you dance or choreograph differently, or how did the city influence you? And then I thought, okay, I really approached Trisha for years. I invited the whole Jetson Church in Angers. And if I go back in this project, I will repeat myself in, if I only stay with dancers and choreographers. So I would like to enlarge my views and I wanted to meet choreographers, but also citizens. So when I started to think of this project, I thought, okay, I will ask to an architect to a, a taxi driver to tell me what is their New York and to also tell me how all this relationship to their city moved, changed during their lives and how their own bodies reacted to the change of the cities. So I thought I would make only soundtracks. And during one year, during three uh, travels that I made by myself alone, I made interviews and I thought... After a while, it's so much a pity just to, to listen to those people talking about the city and not to see the city. And at that time, I, I was preparing a piece with Jocelyn. We were in the middle of the thing and I, was, I thought, okay, it works well with Jocelyn. So I asked him, would you like to come and to film, to shoot what they talk about and to shoot them uh, moving what they're saying? So in a way, it started the fact of uh, shooting um, physical memories to shoot the places which were important 
for those people. All the methodologies started in those two years that I started alone and then that Jocelyn joined and really uh, he gave his own ideas. So we decided at that moment that we would co-sign the project. So that's the way it transformed itself, our relationship. And then in Houston, you interviewed people from different backgrounds, different social classes, men and women, I don't know if they're children too, and asked them to tell you their stories of the city and their understanding of its history. The artistic director who asked you to do the project guide you in who to speak to. How did you and Jocelyn approach the research? We knew that we could not go every month like we did for Saint-Nazaire. We we don't live far from Saint-Nazaire, so it was in a way very immersive and easy to be part of the city regularly. For Houston, we knew that it would not be the same. So the frame of shortness or two travels was already framing the work. And then Jocelyn had the idea of asking the same three questions to different people. What do you know of what Houston was before it was Houston? Then the second question is, what was the construction itself? So how did it become what it is? And then the third question, what is your relationship with this city today? Or what is it today? Or what is your own approach, personal approach? We did meet artists artists who work with the city itself. We met entrepreneurs, people, sons and grandsons of entrepreneurs who earned lots of money in 50 years or in one century. We had a Vietnamese young woman, second generation of both people. I mean, her parents came by boat. We met a Latinx guy who was also second generation of Mexican arriving in Houston, and Mazda Denon was the right arm of the mayor, who is coming from Africa directly, had also another story, or oh, he's maybe the second, I cannot really remember, he's maybe himself the second generation of Benin people. So all those people are really confirming the fact that everything is possible in the city. You can do what you want, starting from the moment that you work and that you want it, which is really a kind of manifestation of how Houston wants to perform itself. Cities want to be seen in certain ways. So we had the perfect team. Ashley gave us as a possibility. She was all the time giving us lots of information. One night in October 2022, there is a protest or a seminar of First Nations people. We thought it was going to be a protest, but it was not a protest. It was a meeting of Apaches, the generation of uh, people who have in between 60 and 80 years old, and their children and grandchildren. But it was very strong to, to be able to meet two or three generations at the time. I'm talking about the Apaches. We're really the same stories that in the 60s, their own parents would hide where what they were coming from because they could die or the children could die. They have been put away from their own lands. So it's very it was very important for us to really understand that the performance of the, the possibility to become 
American to become rich is also sitting on the fact that other people have to lose everything. So it's not new. <laughs> so you are constructing a, a multifaceted, overlapping history and portrait of the city and it's a, it, the experiences of its people as you talk to them, which must have been fascinating and also an enormous amount of material. And I'm wondering how you and Jocelyn work together to transform those interviews into performative material and into film material that must have had to be hugely edited. There is this, this phase of de-rushing. And at the same time, there is the will of wanting to make people, the public, understand that there are multiple ways of seeing this city, which are all existing. They all have the right to be seen or to be respected, but it's concerning one unique lens. So usually we make three or four movies. Jocelyn had the idea, instead of making only one movie, making the different ideas overlap. We want to show different things, but it's the same lens. There will be one screen, but maybe different images are going to appear on the same screen at the same time. What about what about the choreographic part of it? What about the performative section? As I understand it, there's both a live dance part of Lands and the film, and they can coexist or they can possibly be seen separately. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. This is a principle of what happened until now in our projects. When we make interviews of the people for New York, we also ask them to say the memories and to do the physical memories by themselves. And we also came with some movements that we wanted them to do for us. So in the movies, it started immediately with New York. There were either movements which were described and performed by the inhabitants, either movement that we were bringing from our resources, and for New York, I had also some special ideas, knowing that all the Jackson Church took the city as a stage. So we mix all those wishes or all those ideas or all those movements, and they are also shot for the movie. So dance is already existing in the movies. Then once the movies are made in between what you see of the lands, what you see of the work, what you see of the buildings, what you see of the movements were, which were shot in the cities. There is another step of performative um, actions in the one movie of Houston. There will be physical answers which are thought as another stage of the city, but which is going to be live. So for Houston, for example, there will be three small performances that will happen before we enter the theater where the movie is going to be projected and where there will be again some moments of performance in the theater but before entering the theater we will bring the people we will ask the people to follow us and to see us performing some things which are related to what we heard Your movement material, your choreographic material, is derived from the physical gestures and actions of 
the of the people you have interviewed in your films and then that is used and worked and you work with your dancers using that material to create something is that right i asked at the end of each interviews would you have an idea of movement to describe your city it was so interesting the entrepreneur said he was having his wife close to him he opened his arm and then he embraced her with his arms so for him embracing is the welcoming spirit of Houston that's really what he yeah what he understands and what it happened with his grandfather and the fact that he was adoring his black nanny and that she became part of the family so welcoming welcoming everything is possible and it's true for him it happened to to him that way so the movement of the city is this one for henry sanchez who is a an an artist an artist visual artist who is working with the the bayou he's having a project uh, called bayutorium and he described very much how houston is so chaotic but it has to go on because if it stops it will just faint and and die so it has to go on but with lots of shocks so him he gave the idea of a wheel which is not round you know a wheel which is having lots of angles and then it makes plenty of shocks when the wheel is turning so he gave really wrong thing or he also he also said Houston you have people who want to stay in the past so they stand still standing on their legs and there are some people who want to go on and they roll on the floor so it also when people said things like this or and, and Ashley Deolios that we also interviewed she talked about uh, attention between high and low the attention in between breathing in and breathing out so since they gave lots of material it's kind of easy to work with what they said and we also bring some tools we also bring some ideas that we have already for some years about how to make community how to gather how to discover so we also filming things that we have ideas and that that we bring but we really work a lot with what the people are saying or inventing and emmanuel for your performance sections have you used dancers in houston or your own dancers from san nazaire in houston we work only with the the people that we met in uh, houston so the people we interviewed are going to perform with us and we met some dancers that we didn't interview largely as i was describing they met us during three days of workshops meeting the artists that we did interview we are not working with people who are not connected with those ideas we're not working with dancers who would just not be conscious of what we're looking for and some of the artists are with us also and in paris we will not be able to bring the houston people it's too expensive we will work with my atelier in beaux-arts de paris and i will bring my students and it will be part of the program to make this creation for us for chayou emmanuel the, it's clearly a incredibly rich and fascinating process and project 
And I'd like to just ask one last question, which is that you mentioned you started working on this in 2018. And so clearly the pandemic intervened in during the process of research, of creating the piece. And I wondered whether the experience of the pandemic and the experience of lockdown uh, influenced or changed the way you thought about the project. It stopped us from going to Houston. So during two years, we had to wait. But we learned that we were really in a whole context that we had to respect to be able to do something. I think pandemic taught us that we were belonging to a whole context, but I cannot stop thinking that it was really the way that I started to see Trisha Brown. All what is around the body, all the contact of the body makes the body change or move. So I just want to finish with her again, because for me, it's not a loop, but it's uh, it has a coherence that we arrive in big cities, but it started by the very small sensation of our bodies. Thank you very much, Emmanuel. Thank you very, very much for talking to us and for being so articulate and interesting about this project, which I can't wait to see. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast, a Villa Albertine podcast produced by Paradiso Media and hosted by Rosalind Sulkis. If you want to learn more about the residents of Villa Albertine, listen to our interviews wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our channel, States. If you liked it, leave a rating and spread the word. You can also follow us on social media and click on the link in the description of the episode. <laughs>